welcome to this edition of the Modern Times podcast. I think this edition we're calling Political Profundity uh, from now on, and I think we have a lot of profundity to share with everybody. Uh, It's the day after that big Trump win, and of course, as always on these podcasts, Karen Weil is joining me. How are you today, Karen? Well, I'm okay, thank you, and uh, hello to all the listeners. I hope you're well, too. Rather historic night last night. Um, it was. We heard that. For uh, better or worse. You know, I was watching CNN coverage, uh, MSNBC coverage, Fox coverage, um, especially of the national races. And early on, I, I, I heard that uh, CNN had talked to someone in the Trump campaign and they had said it was going to take a miracle. Well, I guess, uh, you know, miracles do come true, um, or as Al Michaels says. Um, can miracles happen? Yes. Um, I guess it's happened. Yes, for better or worse, it's happened. Uh, the secret was Trump's turnout, do you think? I absolutely think voter turnout, because it was lower this time, helped him and hurt her, as that tends to be the, the case in when Republicans win. Uh, and I, I just feel the whole negative tone of this campaign, most of it done by Trump himself, uh, probably turned off a certain amount of voters. There just wasn't the enthusiasm for Hillary Clinton. Then there, there was enthusiasm, but not to the extent uh, that there was for Barack Obama or for her husband, Bill Clinton. Um, and between those two, it, it just wasn't enough for, uh, you know, you know. certainly she had her successes last night. She won some big states. She won the popular vote, albeit not by much. And she's the first female candidate from a major party to got, have, have gotten this far. Um, but well, let's go to some of the conspiracy. The so yeah, let's go to some it. of these conspiracy theories and see where you know the <laughs> two of us kind of come out uh, on them. Um, I guess let's start with number one. Um, was there any foreign actors influencing this election? Do you think? hard to say at this point. There's no doubt from what I've heard, Russia seems very happy with this news today, specifically Vladimir Putin. Trump has made many friendly overtures towards Putin that has made NATO and most of our other allies, as well as more than a few uh, people in the diplomatic community in this country, very nervous. I I think there's pretty serious evidence that there were hackers involved from Russia. Were they in Putin's inner circle or his government? Hard to say. Were they just you know, goofy teenagers who created a lot of misery. But in the terms of this election, and if anyone's crying, uh, you know, foul as far as the election goes, specifically counting votes, um, well, far-fetched yeah. in your mind or, or maybe, you know, possible? I, I mean, I think it would take a serious investigation. Newsweek, you know, it's a, I don't, I frankly don't think we can look to the mainstream media to do it, uh, given the overall attention they gave to Trump versus Clinton. Uh, which has made a lot of people very angry, and some have said, if nothing else, there needs to be an over, you know, a real look at what the mainstream media is doing anymore mm. in this country, although I wouldn't hold my breath on that. Um, I, I guess it's just, it's going to take some legitimate, either a news agency or a governmental organization to to try to get to the bottom of what was really going on in terms of Russian hacking. I don't think we're going to get that answer anytime soon. So you do think it's possible, then, that there was some sort of... It is possible. Uh, I, I, from the phrase I've seen, there's no doubt Russia has played a role. Do I, again, do I think Putin officially had anything to do with this? No. But I'm willing to bet 
that he's very happy with the outcome. Yeah, today. well, Mike, you know, I mean, I looking at what happened on the county level, it seems like there was just like we had talked about, it was turnout. Um, Absolutely. You know, that, you know, you know, could somebody else, uh, you know, if, if anybody's a conspiracy theorist out there on the liberal side, if they, if they say, oh, you know, you change 100 votes here, you change 100 votes there. But, you know, it really looked like it was such a, a, a just a, a, a turnout effect in some of these small or counties. Um, a lot of the cities ended up performing the same way they did in 2012. And it was just the rural vote that really kind of carried it through. They, they, had, they had more energy. They turned a lot of counties that hadn't been turned in the past, especially in, in, in Michigan and Wisconsin. And, you know, that's really where it lies. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not so sure that there was any kind of, you know, a, a hacking going on as far as what the votes are counted. Um, and, you know, again, no, that would be... No, I would be, agree with that. Right. So, but, you know, I but, mean... But there's a difference there, I think. Um, let's go to conspiracy number two real quick so we don't have to be here forever. But the October surprise of of uh, the FBI director. Um, mm. how, how how much of an impact do you put on, 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 on Clinton's loss? Because it seems more I, of a, 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 it, a negative drain on her, on her campaign's energy than it was in propelling Trump. Or how do you see it? I would say after voter turnout, it is the number two factor. And look, Mrs. Clinton had a pretty good lead for most of last month. And then, as we know, the weekend before Halloween, James Comey makes this announcement about, the, you know, somehow these obtuse number of emails and what they may or, might, may, or may not need, mean in connection to information that was being sought on Anthony Weiner, of course, a disgraced former congressman whose behavior has been, you know, despicable, to say the least. Of course, he was married to Uma Abedin, one of Mrs. Clinton's uh, close confidants. Um, right. I, I have no doubt that that probably peeled a good five, anywhere from five to seven percent of support away from her. Uh, I suspect those five to seven percent probably were not that thrilled with her, but they liked Donald Trump even less. Right. They were willing to give her the benefit of the doubt after the July announcement concerning her emails. But then this comes out, and it, it just it it uh, reinvigorated those doubts in their mind to the point where I think a lot of them decided that they're going to vote for either Gary Johnson, right. write in someone else's name, or indeed hold their nose and vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. But you know, when all is said and done, uh, you know, it definitely uh, hurt her campaign. It helped him, uh, but I also think it has done tremendous damage, not only to James Comey but the FBI itself. And I would hope. In the near future, although, again, not holding my breath on this, that there's a serious look at what is going on in that organization. Mm -hmm. There clearly seems to be some type of overtly partisan element, and that's not good for anyone. Sure. Do you, Trump, no matter what anybody wants to say about him, he, he collected and got the energy of, of, of a lot of people in a lot of states and was able to win the Electoral College. Um Right. A lot of that energy was based upon things that, you know, could be what they are. Uh, but at the same time, Gary Johnson's impact um, on the race, well, you know, where does that, you know, where do you, do you think his, if he wasn't in the race, is it a, is it a different result? I think he might have heard her. And I have not seen a breakdown on all the numbers. He got, what, 3% total? That's yeah. not even the 5% for the threshold. Right. Uh, I think Ralph Nader did better in the 2000 election, if I recall correctly. Um, 
and I don't know how Johnson fared. I think he got even less of a percentage in the 2012. Mm -hmm. he, but he may very well have peeled off just enough votes from her to cost her some of those swing states. It certainly wasn't going to hurt her in, you know, really hardcore blue states like California, Pacific Northwest, most of the Northeast, or even Nevada, um, which can somewhat, you know, be a, and that's my home state. It can lean somewhat libertarian in its politics. Um, okay. I, you know, did he help her? You know, he certainly didn't. Uh, I don't think he's the main factor here, but again, I believe he probably hurt her in some swing states. I don't know, you know, what this means for Johnson in the future. I, I frankly think he had a less impressive campaign this time around than he did in 2012, even with more attention being paid to him. Uh, he frankly came off as rather goofy at times and very unprepared. It was actually a surprise for those of us who have followed his career. I, I lived in New Mexico when he was governor. Uh, so, you know, it, it was just an, his, his campaign to me just was kind of a very odd thing to observe. Um, we talked about that, um, you know, there's, there's some, some Trump's, uh, firsts, uh, we had talked about this in some earlier podcasts that he was going to be the first, um, president to never hold office or serve in the military who becomes president of the United States. Um, but then there's some others, uh, that, you know, are going down probably in 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 in, credi in credibility wise or that they are important but uh he was the most recent president to lose his state of birth um uh, George W Bush lost Connecticut even though he was a Texan um and George H W Bush lost Massachusetts where he was born even right. though he also was a Texan and won so you want to actually go back, um, you know, and, and Trump was actually born in, oh, he was born in New York. Uh, but the last person um, to lose um, their home state besides that, I mean, I guess it goes to George W. Bush. Um, he was born in Connecticut, lost it, lost it the year before that, J.H.W. Right. Richard Nixon won California, at least in 68. Um, he right. lost the state he lived in, which was New York. Um, and the same thing with Woodrow Wilson. I mean, you have to go far back to a president who loses his home state, um, and he ended up losing New York by 12 points, um, which I yeah. think was even closer than some people had thought at some point. Um, then finally, the last first, uh, or the last, you know, most recent, um, we got, are going to have the first, um, first lady who was in a, um, you know, a nude photo shoot. So among other things, and, and I, I mean, I, this is a very, again, you know, I, Melania Trump, I'm sure, is a, is a good person. But if I could say anything to her, I would say, and forgive me as to how this comes out, she really has to work on her speaking abilities. If she's now going to be the first lady, she's just, she's just going to have to improve that. Um, and we'll see what she does. I have no idea what her platforms would be uh, or what her interests really are. Um We'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, as a foreign-born first lady, I think she is the. the yeah, she is. Uh, you know, that is. Uh, yeah, a she's also foreign-born. Besides the fact she did a nude photo shoot, she's. I think, as far well, as I, I know, have, the first foreign-born. I mean, as an I do find it somewhat ironic, and and I will say this pretty hypocritical for people who claim to be Christian conservatives, and yet when you mention them, you know, you, this man who's been married three times has children, you know, five children from three different women, 
has had numerous adulterous affairs, and let me bring this up, sorry for Trump supporters out there, is accused of raping a 13-year-old girl. Um, and then his wife, which I get, was in her modeling career before she was with him, but this is not somebody that anybody can claim is a decent Christian conservative. I'm sorry. He is not. Um, if that's what they wish to believe, they can. But it's just another one of the immense inconsistencies in who Donald Trump is. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, it, it didn't matter enough because he won. And again, it goes to perception. it goes to, you know, because he won the election, whether, you know, he won the Electoral College. And we also know that he's. He's trending behind in a uh, popular vote in the United States, but wow. yeah, it, that's what I heard earlier. Yes, yeah, it's about two hundred thousand votes, I think. And but when you get to looking at the other side of that coin, and it's that regardless of that background, regardless of um, his his not uh, really having much in common with Christian conservatives, he was able to keep that together and ha- find support. And I think, you know, you know, you have to somewhat, either you look at it as a political masterstroke or the fact that there's um, always a block of the population that no matter how bad their candidate is, they're going to vote for that party. And, well, I uh, think that's exactly right. There's no question. But I also think, frankly, so, no, wait, so that, I guess yeah, well, my question there was, is it that he was able to keep that coalition together and build upon it by bringing in new things, which is what a lot of folks are saying? Or was it just the fact that people voted in their own party, he energized that base, and they won by the slimmest of margins? I think it's more of the latter. And look, let's not kid ourselves. That base, they've long despised Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and basically any Democrat. There was no way in hell she was, no matter what some of their apprehensions about Trump were, there was no way she was going to get any of those votes, period, in a story, in a sentence. Uh, and that includes, and again, I, I don't like generalizing here, but that does include a good chunk of those who consider themselves Christian conservatives as well. They really don't like Hillary Clinton. They were never going to support her, no matter how morally bankrupt the Republican nominee appeared. Okay. It did not matter. So let's go to the race and gender card, which we had sort of talked about in prep, and I think it's important to kind of address here. Um, Right. We talk about the fact that it's such a slim margin, and it really was a slim margin in 2008, too, Um, and 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 again in 2012. I mean, if it wasn't for the Sarah Palin effect, I think in 2008, there there would have been a tighter race between McCain and Obama. Possibly. Yeah, um, you know, you had you, you you had a real drain on the party just because of 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 that situation, um, and the party was changing. I think at the time, when um, we can probably talk for hours on 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 what Sarah Palin's impact was on everything, including last night. Um, but as far as it goes, if it wasn't the first black president. Does Obama win in 2008? Does he win in 2012? Because he's able to get out the energy and other voters that that otherwise wouldn't do it. And then likewise, then you had the same where it works on the state level. A lot of times in a lot of states where there was a, a female governor in Arizona that was a Democrat and she was able to win because she had some women crossover to vote for her. But she was Janet Napolitano, a credible candidate that didn't have a lot of baggage like Hillary Clinton does or like we talked about. But the fact that it was Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton who is a woman, um, could lose this election. 
but a Barack Obama who is a man and is an African-American, half African-American, then well, he also is able to win. I you know, I just have to say this. Uh, I, I believe, and there's just a, there's a, a probably a bigger than anybody thinks segment of this country of both genders who are just not comfortable with an idea, the idea of a woman president. And uh, and does that no make does that also candidate, yeah. well ahead. you know I mean does that does that tie over to even on a subconscious level you're talking I think right like the email accusations can stick harder because they're just like well you know somewhere it, it, they're leaning away from Hillary anyway or is it more of a conscious thing? Again, I I, I suspect for those who are not comfortable with the idea of a woman president, her baggage quote unquote. It's, it's just a little, it's, it's another part of it. But I am talking about people, no matter who the female candidate would be, who are, are just not comfortable with the idea of a woman in that kind of leadership position. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're a large part of this country, but there is a segment. And I do think that played a role in last night's, ter- in last night's result. Right. Will they ever admit that publicly to somebody? Some might, but I think most because they realize that's just not considered a particularly acceptable trait anymore to not feel that women are just as capable in leadership positions as men uh, would never say so publicly. But I, I, I believe sexism played a role. Will we ever have surveys or polls that, that fully explain that? No. I'm, you know, I'm going back to her history and, and just, just attitudes on the part of some people. See, but overall, I think... I'm I'm getting from you, and 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 I kind of feel it too. It's it's Trump did gather the election. He did seize it. There is that call for him to be there, um, but there were a lot of mitigating factors. That does does that change anything? No, he's going to be the president of the United States, no matter what anyone would like um, for it to be at this point. Unless there's some large bombshell that hits at some point, people are going to just have to get used to that fact. Um, do you find that it's going to be easy for folks to do or not? Just right here, not talking, we're going to get into policy in a second, and we can kind of talk about that, but uh, at least the next, you know, before before Inauguration Day, uh, does a lot of this pain go away on the left, and does a lot of the exuberance go away on the right? No, I, I think I think if anything, just the left's resistance to him is only going to grow with time, and then of course his supporters on the right will dig in their heels. Hence the classic polarization and division that we have in this country, which I, you know, I hate to say it, we saw writ large last night. Um, uh, you know, I, Trump may very well try to go in a different direction to appeal to people who really do not like him and did not vote for him. Frankly, if he were smart. Uh, he would go on a listening tour and listen to go to the places where he didn't win and it just have conversations with people. I would, I would have advised that to Hillary Clinton to go to the red states to really talk to voters who aren't crazier about her and see if, is there any way we can find common ground here? I would, I would probably say she'd be more willing to do that. Trump will not. I think he feels emboldened by this, even though his popularity, I don't quite think is what he and his supporters seem to believe it is, but Again, he could surprise us and do that, but I'm not. I I'm just not seeing that kind of. Even though he gave a speech, I suppose that had some gracious moments to it. Um, 
I, I just don't think he's going to be the person to try to ease this divide. Sorry. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I, you know, I mean, after you win an election, it's 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 probably difficult to do so. And you know, he didn't get there by building bridges, and and you know, I I don't know if he has to. I mean, he's he's he says he's going to go there to kind of you know tear things up, and we'll see what's going to happen. Let's talk about some of these policies that might also it's obviously going to affect what happens in the future. Um, other ways, Republicans have kept control of the Senate of the House. Um, they're going to get control of the Supreme Court um, for for years to come. Um, so some of these policies that 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 Trump has been talking about actually have hope. Um, let's talk about the first one: p- possible deportations and a border wall. Um, Trump says the wall is going to cost twelve billion. Um, Washington Post study says it's going to be twenty five billion, um, and that's not even you know maybe increasing. Uh, a deportation force. Um, we kind of, you know, both of us live near the Arizona border. We we understand what's going on there. Um, there's a lot of different reasons why a border wall is infeasible, but it probably can be done. If the will of man wants to do it, and you have enough money to throw at it, you can get it accomplished, at least temporarily, until it needs maintenance and you can't afford to fix that. Um, does the wall get built? I don't believe so, no. Uh, unless somehow he finds a private financier to do it. I, I think you're going to start to see, even though they may make the base very angry, more than a few Republican politicians say, we don't have money to pay for this. We're not going to do it. So, I, 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 you know, I'll believe it when I see it. And I, I just think this was an empty promise Trump threw out. It was red meat. It's one of the reasons, you know, he's president-elect today. But I don't see it coming to pass. Uh, I, I would say, go ahead. No, 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 please, continue. I would say, you know, uh, there may be more of a serious attempt to start mass deportations, uh, but, again, this is something that is fraught with just risk and and disaster. And, uh, you know, it would, if it did not go well, and I'm not advocating it at all, I'm just saying, but if they tried to do this and it became... Uh, it became uh, a disaster, not only public relations-wise, but in, on a lot of other uh, fronts. The GOP would probably be in a lot of trouble come the next election season. So, again, I will just say this, and, you know, if I'm proven wrong, I'm proven wrong. I think it's another empty promise Trump has made. Let's go to taxes. He's, uh, you know, Trump's taxes um, uh, tax plan was to slash. We know that it's, um, you know, all across all levels. Um a lot of folks said that it wouldn't end up paying for itself. Um, you have now uh, House Speaker Paul Ryan, who's going to be trying to implement his plan, which is not very far. Um, I guess it's uh, slashing rates across the board, 20% for businesses, 30% for individuals, 33% for individuals. Um, and restructuring the international tax code. Uh, there was talk about Trump's plan also um, benefiting developers like he is and him personally, but we also know that uh, the president doesn't pass the budget. It doesn't pass tax plans. It doesn't pass all those things. He's going to have to go through Congress to get these passed. Obviously, it'll be there'll be some level of tax cuts. Um, and also the promise on, on, on get, getting rid of Obamacare is definitely in the works at this point. Um, how much leverage do you think Trump is going to have in these negotiations with Ryan? 
where do we well, where do you think we I'm might gonna, end up being? I'm just going to say this. I think this is all going to come from Paul Ryan. The GOP will pass this. Donald Trump will sign it, and the story will see what kind of effect it has on the economy. I, I do think, I think ACA is gone. I would be shocked unless the Democrats in the Senate can mount a filibuster or there is so much public pushback. Y.E. people are really calling their representatives and complaining that the GOP backs down or maybe makes some modifications to it. Uh, but I would say the first uh, thing to go is ACA. They're definitely going to overhaul that. That was a, a huge campaigning prop. It's not only for him, but for other Republican politicians over the last six years. And now that they have a full-on uh, majority and you know control of all three branches, they can do it. Uh, they sure can. Um, those are probably the yeah. highlights of the things that are going to start. Let's talk the rest about Trump's future. We had talked a little bit about um, knowing what to what to expect. Um, even Obama, who had been a senator, he didn't realize the bubble that starts to form around a president of the United States once he becomes elected. It starts slowly, but by the time inauguration day comes, you're 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 separated from ordinary people, um, and things change. Um, do you think he can handle that? Besides of all the other potential pitfalls that he has, I mean, he's you know what happens when when presidents um, uh, 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 cheat around or when presidents um, offend their neighbors. If those things do come to play, which a lot of people are saying might happen, um, he's going to be having a lot, uh, you know, a hard time politically. Um, but where does the, do you think that that whole presidential bubble going to play into? how he governs or how he can um, uh, handle the job. Well, I'm, I'm just going to say this. Um, nothing I've seen from him believes, convinces me for one second that he is, has any real understanding of what this job entails. And frankly, I'm just going to say this too. I think you're going to see Mike Pence be taking a, a much larger role than any vice president ever would because Governor Pence has legitimate experience. Um, you know, I just, I, I, Trump, you know, comes from the private sector where things are run and done very differently than they are in the public. And I, I just don't think he has any clue. Obviously, if he's smart, he has good advisors around him to guide him through it. You know, that'll probably be the case here. But I, I think we're going to see more than one instance of his inexperience showing. And, you know, that, it may, you know, hopefully it's nothing too serious. But... So I, 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 you know, I do not believe this man is prepared for the job. I will just say it. Mm. Yeah, and it's uh, only time will tell. But it, that is my belief. It is a belief of an awful lot of people. I think he's going to come into office again with a, a good, you know, one half of the country very much against him. Um, yeah, you know, and the same thing was going on. I think in two thousand eight too. I think that there was a very, you know, very strong, uh, and especially in twenty ten and twenty twelve. Um, you know, there was a. A, 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 a lot of feelings against Barack Obama, whether right or wrong, and, and, and how you see those things, but, you know, it still existed. And now it's going to flip on the other side, and, and we'll have to see how it plays out. And I, right. but, but, you know, you know policy-wise, it becomes a different thing, like we had talked about. There's, you know, but, but, but Trump, had, he surprised everybody already. So, um, you know, I think, you know, we're going to have to hold on and see what happens here. Um, you know, but it's going to make for an interesting um, few years. Uh, 
it's it's harder to be the it's harder to be the outsider once you're the incumbent and i think you know sometimes um you know how you're how he's gonna he's gonna now be forced to transition into a different type of candidate even next time he tries to run for re-election and also governing is a lot different than running and and it's going to be interesting to see because again there's no track record i mean there's no track record for him winning and he won so you know as far as you know i think a lot of folks have to do is you know at least give him the benefit of the doubt at this point because you have no other choice and you know for the good of our country at some point we have to be um, you know, just hoping that things work out very well, um, as you know, as well as they can. Um, right. But but there is that 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 unknown quality um, because he hasn't governed before that I think is going to be also be uh, you know put him under a a a, 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 lo- a bigger microscope with you know a lot more magnification, and you're going to have to deal with that day in and day out and a press corps that follows you, and you can't ban them. You can't ban the press car when you're the president. Um, you know, some of those things. But you know, then again, maybe he can. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily anything that I might want to see um, because, you know, being a journalist and knowing how we need that freedom of the press and it's good to have people there. Um, you know, he, you wouldn't think that he'd be able to do that. Um, he didn't release his tax returns and he still won. You know, there's a lot of a lot of firsts that we also didn't get to um, earlier. A lot of firsts going on where you can ban people. Um, you, know, you have you have a person here who's one who I think is the least vetted candidate in modern history. All right. So there yep. we are. Well, hey, I you know much more to be said. I don't know. I think we just got to play yeah. it out, and I think we'll be uh, ready, willing, and able to provide our political profundity on this uh, over the year. Yeah. I, you know, I think maybe it might have went away. Um, you know, we just might have gotten to current events and done something else. Um, but I have a feeling that. Um, you know, it's going to be more interesting uh, than the early 70s uh, in politics uh, going forward. And, you know, we thought it was interesting. There's a lot of things going on with Obama, um, uh, you know, in the uh, words of, you know, the Bachman-Turner Overdrive song, we ain't seen nothing yet. Um, <laughs> so Arizona, let's turn to Arizona, um, you know, where, you know, we're really kind of centered editorially when we go local. Um, we go local in Arizona, and um, I know you had lived here, and, 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 and we've been kind of talking about these races over the election season. Um, the biggest one, I think, to come out of this state um, is uh, the retirement of Sheriff Joe, the America's toughest sheriff. Um, he is officially done. Um, yep. Well, I, I feel, I mean, to me, Joe Arpaio had started going off the wrong track, especially when he got into the birther issue. He was already a controversial figure, but I, I think he came kind of to that critical mass point where the public just gets tired of a person, even if they think he or she is doing a good job, and they're just not willing to return that person to office. And I, I think that's what happened with Arpaio, in part. People just got sick of him. I think they just want somebody who's going to be a sheriff and be involved in law enforcement issues and not be an ideological crusader. Yeah. You know, well, you know, it's almost like precedent. We talk about it all the time, and I think, you know, people have been talking about what uh, the the uh, Trump election can be compared to Andrew Jackson, and they said, well, we survived that. But as we all know, and, and, and you know, students of history understand that it, it fundamentally changed the office, and it does. If who you elect um, most times, you can't just forget that it happened. It sets precedent. Um, That's right. And and it, I think that 
it, you know, I kind of segued into the presidential election from Arpaio because of uh, the change that he brought to this office in nearly 20 years. Um, and that was that you take a great role in politics in this area. Um, you're a political figure, whereas previous to Arpaio, it was a, you know, you're basically the county's jailer. Um, you weren't, you know, you, you called yourself law enforcement, yeah, because you did have sheriff's officers and you have certain county islands and certain spots that they patrol. But primarily in each city, it was really, you know, the job of the local uh, police departments, and they still have those jobs. And the primary duty of the Maricopa County Sheriff is to house inmates that don't go to prison but need to be held for a year or less. Um, or 18 months, I think it is. Um, that's changed. So, you know, that's also another thing to kind of watch, I think, in this race is where Penzone ends up being. And, and he really had to pay a political, um, uh, his pay, you know, pay his political dues. He was a you know, city of Phoenix a PIO. He was also a beat cop and did some other things. But, um, you know, he lost uh, a challenge in, in 2012, bided his time, waited around, and now he's sheriff four years later. Um, so he had to play the political game in order to get elected. And you wonder how much that of an impact that's going to have politically on that office and whether it's now going to always be kind of a political office. Um, so, you know, I I don't know where that's going to lay or whether and also whether he's he was just the way out for four years. And, and I don't know. I don't really think that this gives Democrats a hope, even though they won this sheriff's office, that they're going to be able to keep Penzone in office you know, past um, uh, 2020. Um, it's going to be very tough for him, I think, in this state, unless demographics change and the get out the vote changes in, 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 in four more years. It's going to be tough for him to keep. Well, probably, but at the same time, perhaps he'll do a job, a good enough job that uh, the more Republican-leaning, uh, you know, voters approve of. I, I guess only time will tell. I, I just think most people were glad to be rid of Sheriff Show, and they were willing to give this man a chance. Now, now the rest is up to him. Right, right, yeah. You know, and it does depend on who they throw up there against him, surely, and, and, and what other yeah, kinds of scandals come up. Um, but, you know, it does give a leg up when you're in the incumbent. But it, it, it is going to be interesting because that job was revolutionized by Joe Arpaio. Um, right. And, you know, to see what happens with Tent City and some other things. I mean, the county's been spending a lot of money on settling cases and there's been budget battles. And you, know, you got to see what happens there. And, you know, there, one of the unique things that kept getting lost over time was that it's, it's, it's fairly rare that you still have the same situation in Maricopa County that you have independently elected um, uh, folks like uh, the sheriff or uh, you, in a lot of uh, counties, once they get to a certain size, um, you expand the board of supervisors and you then make their, uh, you know, somebody who handles law enforcement in that area or a jailer, they're appointed by the by the board of supervisors. That, that reform level, you know, level of reform has not happened here in Arizona. So we're still electing the sheriff. Um, you know, so who knows whether that could change, um, especially if there's um, any kind of, you know, further publicity or staining, I think, of of, of, the, of, of the job. Because uh, it's pretty clear that the Board of Supervisors, no matter where they're separated politically, they would have gotten rid of Arpaio if they had their druthers. He would have been fired a long time ago if he would have had superiors and it wasn't the people. Um, you know, so how that plays out, is, I think, is going to be interesting. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Penzoni's smart. He's just going to 
stick to solid law enforcement and maybe, you know, fix the department if it needs to be fixed. Um, you know, remain, you know, have a tough law and order viewpoint that doesn't look like it's targeting certain groups. And uh, he might have a successful four years. We'll see. And we had, an, you know, there was another big flip in Arizona, um, which was the Maricopa County recorders race which had been held for decades by Helen Purcell and she Mm -hmm. uh, you know we talked about this a little bit before we came on the air here and um, there was no support like Republicans ran away from Purcell it's the only way really a Democrat wins something like the county recorder here in Maricopa County Um, and a lot of it came from the presidential preference election um, where people w- waited in line for a long time. Trump barely won Arizona compared to what he thought he should win it by. A lot of his supporters did, too. There was just a, a running away. But it also seemed like there was that play where a lot of the people that voted for Trump on the top of the ticket voted against Purcell down at the bottom of the ticket. It was those same Trumpites, Trumpkins, whatever you want to call them, the Trumplets, um, those folks that, 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 that were hardcore Trump supporters went back and, you know, she was targeted um, by that group, and, and they even delivered down ballot and and put uh, Adrian Fontes um, as the new Maricopa County recorder, a Democrat, first time in decades. Um, so, you know, that, that Trump power was there at the top, it was there at the bottom, it was there all the way through, where, again, you had Republicans splitting ballot on a county recorder race. Um, you know, nearly unheard right. of. And, and really all because of Trump. And it was a big deal was made of it. Um, of course, the Democrats who were going who su- always supported the Democratic for recorder was still there, and they were able to carry it through. But it's obviously Trump, Trump support against <laughs> Helen Purcell. You know, it, it it shows a pattern. It shows that passion that was at the voter that that was at that uh, ballot box uh, yesterday. I mean, as much as 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 as, as a lot of folks want to play it down, it was there, and in our in our system. You know, that, it was that power that carried through. And those are the things that show that it didn't really change. It wasn't, you know, it was just that power at the ballot, ballot box and what he had to energize those voters. Do they stay with him? Um, uh, you know, do they stay then with the, with the Democrat that was voted here? Like we talked in both of these races, Adrian Fontes and, 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 and Paul Pinzone, you know, they have a, you know, that's not going to be there for him next time. Yeah, I, I think just again, you know, this woman was in office a long time. If this was supposedly the, that I'm not trying to mock it, but the quote unquote change election, it just may have been that it was, you know, time to to cast off people who had been in office too long. And that's what she obviously represented. I mean, I'm not, you know, judging her uh, performance, which is my understanding is was a, a good one. Um, but that's what happens when you have this, you know, you have this kind of voter sentiment. Yeah. I mean, you know, heavily supported by the old guard Republicans. I mean, you know, she's she's you know she's been a fixture. Again, you know, it just might be her time's done. You know, she's she's definitely getting up there. Um, let's talk to a, a few more in Arizona before we you know run out of time here. Um, right. Two statewide ballot propositions uh, happened here. We had uh, marijuana legalization, which which supposedly or which has been called as failing. Um, although you know, there's some people that still think there are votes to be counted, but it's going to be tough to, to, to really catch up with, you know, several tens of thousands or even a hundred thousand, um, uh, deficit in the pro camp. 
Um, but right. one one that did pass, which was also um, you know fought by the traditional old guard, which is like the Arizona Co- Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Um, uh, John McCain was against it. Most of the old uh, old guard Republicans in the state were against it, but still passed. Was raising the minimum wage uh, to ten dollars uh, in 2017 and the fifty cents a year um, up until 2020. Um, right. Even those were seemed to be disparate um, from each other and and kind of like a paradox on the other. Um, in Nevada, you had them passing um, legalization um, and and Clinton won. Um, in Arizona, yeah. you have Trump winning and 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 basically marijuana legalization um, um, losing by about the same amount. It was almost like the you know the the Clinton voters voted for legalization and the Trump voters didn't. You know, who knows what that real vote Trump was. Voters, so but, yeah, but you would figure that there was some... And I mean, you know, I think, just, I'm not sure with Arizona's kind of its makeup that it's quite ready to have pot legalized. I think Nevada and California were, you know, had now kind of, they were now in a stage where that it, it was a, a possibility. And I'm afraid now in California, where I've lived for 10 years, six years ago, there was a prop on the ballot for marijuana legalization. It failed. Now, of course, voter turnout was incredibly low. Right. So I have no doubt, you know, even, you know, I don't know how high the voter turnout was in Arizona, but Nevada, California was fairly high. So that, and they both were, you know, things that Democrats would might be a little more willing to support, although I suspect probably a lot of Republicans voted for marijuana legalization as well. Um, but it just seemed like the right time now for that to happen in those two states. Right. Maybe 2018 for Arizona, right? Yeah, you know, I, midterm, um, you know, governor race, you know, in Arizona we have our governor race in the midterm. And, you know, so, you know, you'll have to see. Um, just to kind of, you know, I think we've we've kind of passed over this before and you, you, you just kind of asked the question. Uh, 55.05% voter turnout for the state. Um, 1.975 ballots cast, a uh, million ballots cast, so 1,975,407 is what they say. There's about 3.5 million registered voters uh, in Arizona. So that's really what the turnout was. Um, you know, we had, we, had, we had talked about the Kirkpatrick-McCain race, and there was just not enough there for Ann Kirkpatrick. Um, yeah, just that was a foregone conclusion. I, I Whatever chance she had to, to make a difference, I think she squandered, frankly, about two months ago. Right. So. Um, we had uh, um, Arizona's congressional delegation. Um, you had a, a Democrat win in Pinal County, District 1, um, beat uh, Sheriff Paul Babo or Babiu, who, um, you know, had his own issues. He tried to run in, I think it was 08 or, or 12, and they found out that he was uh, really was gay, uh, Republican, and then supposedly he had done some things. And, uh, you know, oh, back dear. when he was a teacher um, in, uh, in Massachusetts when he came out to Arizona. Um, and he ended up losing, um, um, but he's still, I believe he's going to still be the sheriff of Pinal County. We'll have to see. Right. Um, you know, um, not much else, um, you know, kind of sticks out, I, I, you know, I don't think as far as Arizona goes. I think, you know, we're kind of the same way. Um, we ended up having uh, the Corporation Commission is going to end up being, you know, fully... Um, Republican, um, um, all the, you know, the three Republicans win. The two Republicans didn't even get close. I mean, I guess they were within 20,000 votes. Um, uh, just to, you know, recap, 205 lost by 82,000 votes, um, and which is marijuana legalization. And uh, 
uh, minimum wage uh, did pass by uh, about 300,000, 320,000, 330,000, something like that. Um, so that was a pretty big win. Um, but here we are. Um, like you said, we'll, you know, we'll have to you know, see what happens with some of these other races. And um, it's going to be an interesting uh, uh, f- few months, few years, I think, for sure. Especially for better you know, or worse. You know, with us being in, border, in, in, in border areas, um, you know, I know you're not in Arizona anymore, but California, as much as people forget sometimes, is definitely an active border area. Um, oh, right? it definitely is. There has to be a wall there, too. And we wonder how far out into the ocean it's going to go. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, there's 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 that, and there's the deportation issue. I think is really going to be a big um, you know border issue for us. Um, you know, moving forward, that was one I of the agree. main campaign promises that were made, and and I think they really play here. Um, you know, so you know a lot a lot a lot to look at, a lot to really kind of you know I think rectify and to and and to kind of make. Uh, happen I, I, you, I, there's so many folks that are just out there I mean we talk about all the people that, that kind of came out saying Trump was dangerous and that's really what gives you know the pause I think to a lot of folks um, that there were so many people out there that were on both on the Republican side and you know people that you would figure that you could trust I think that were, that were a little bit apprehensive and you hope that, that, that presidential pivot's going to come um, and I think I think we it's can important. only hope. I'm I'm just I'm not convinced. Um, and yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, but obviously the power was there. Um, there that that power at the vote at the ballot box um, played itself out last night. And you know, there's nothing else. I I really think when it comes down to it, that's really the story. Was that you know, yes. you know, people turned out um, more for him uh, in the right states. Then turned out for Hillary Clinton because obviously, like we talked oh, about, she's you're correct. You're one hundred percent correct. You know, she's she's going to win the popular vote most likely. Um, but you know, it's 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 those those huge margins in California, New York. Do you no good when you're when you're still able to win? Um, you know, those those uh, those electoral votes in in Pennsylvania, and Michigan, and Wisconsin, and Florida, which are very you know uh, small. So even though you know she got an extra million in California, it does nothing for you in Florida, it does nothing for you in Michigan, and you know those are the things you're going to have to deal with. A stronger candidate, um, I think, besides Hillary Clinton, who had been around for so long. I mean, it's just the facts of it. There's a lot of things to, I guess, to ta- attack her with. A lot of folks who didn't like her, and you know, um, it made her a weak candidate. You know, no matter what we want to say, we know that in hindsight, she was obviously a weak candidate because she wasn't able to get out people. It, you know, I mean, there's a lot of fingers to be are, are being pointed at a lot of different things. I even heard people last night saying she shouldn't have had Jay Z and Springsteen and all these people. It showed that she was. You That's know, trivial. I just, I mean, and and, and Trump had Ted Nugent, Kid yeah. Rock. Scott Bale and some other maybe less hip celebrities. So well, there you go. I mean, it's no, hypocritical I... for anybody to point those out without not looking at his his entertainment uh, click. So, I, again, Mrs. Clinton, I, I said this from the beginning, she was never going to win this in a walk, no matter who the, the opponent was. And frankly, right now, if, if it had been John Kasich or Marco Rubio or even Ted Cruz, she would have lost probably by an even greater number. Um, right. Again, I think the real shock is that she lost to somebody who, in the eyes of many, is not a suitable individual for this office. But it doesn't matter. He's won. And here we are. So all we can do is hope 
that maybe he understands the gravity of this office, that this, the kind of crap that he was spewing earlier isn't going to work now. Um, he can try to implement some of these things, but again, I think he's going to find it's not quite going to be as easy in the real world of governance, even with the Republican-dominated Congress, as it is to enthralled uh, voters in a town hall or in right-wing radio world. Yeah. But... It's definitely we'll going to be an interesting few um, few years, I think, um, and you know a lot, a lot, a lot changes between now and 2018, and you see what happens. And you know, um, our president is our president, and um, you know, good luck to him. Um, I, you know, I hope him the best for my kids and and the other kids in this community. Um, you know, I can't help but uh, but hope that uh, he does well. Fair enough. You know, again, for the stability of this country and and the world, that is important, without question. Um, you know, with that, um, you know, I've, I, I've been saying at the end of these podcasts, you know, um, when you vote, close the curtain. Um, but uh, I'm going to retire that one because uh, <laughs> I think, I think you know, sort of it, uh, you know, sort of or a part of me kind of sees that too many people close the curtain um and did what they thought that they 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 were they should have done out of loyalty and um, and and because it was a secret ballot they were able to do so and you know I kind of get that same feeling that I got after Brexit that there was um, even though the vote comes through I think there's a lot more people than the five million you know than the you know two hundred thousand um, that voted for Trump or that voted for Clinton over Trump I think a lot more people are are probably regretting their vote a little bit today oh I just. Yeah, I think, I, I hate to say this, and again, it's it's just an early, it's a prediction, it may mean nothing, but I suspect you're going to see an even bigger buyer's remorse with Trump. Yeah, you know, I mean, I did, I, I, I happened to, you know, we have like an event I have to go to tomorrow, we had talked about this, and no one really needs to, under, on, you know, be shared with that, but had to go get my hair cut yesterday, so sitting huh. in the barber shop, you know, it's the old, it's the old typical, hey, you sit in a barber shop, it's the best way to kind of get a sampling of what's going on. So you ask around, and there was a lot of people that just said, "Hey, I thought Hillary had it in hand, so I voted for Johnson." Um, or, uh, you know, I mean, I heard that from two or three people over the course of the last week, and you know, I think in a lot of places that played out where they just like, "I don't like her, but I think she's going to win, so I'm not going to," you know, I can't vote for Trump because I don't like her. I don't like her that much. Uh, I mean, I don't like him enough to vote for him. But I don't like her either, so I'm going to vote for somebody else. And so, you know, I think an- anecdotally, I think a lot of people felt that way. I think a lot of Republicans probably turned around and, and voted for Trump just because they thought that they should and they didn't want him to be embarrassed, you know. And I think a lot of those things play out. I, I think it has a lot to do. I got that same feeling from folks that I talked to over um, in Europe uh, after Brexit. You know, it's, it was the feeling that, that they really didn't understand what was going to happen. A lot of people didn't vote realizing that their vote was so important uh, they just did it um, you know like usual I think it doesn't matter and I think if there's anything good that's going to come out is that more people on a different level are going to say that because I do think a lot of people pretty much everybody who voted for Trump um, you know especially that hardcore in those 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 counties that got him you know he won by 300 but he won by 300 and there was only maybe 1500 people voting um, those and those those counties that flipped, those people knew what they were doing and that their vote was going to matter in the big picture. And I, I think that got lost on a lot of other people. 
um, and re- not realizing that it could go there. Um, so again, that was a long way to go around with I'm dumping my close the curtain speech. No, uh, again, you're absolutely right. I, I think in the long run, and this has been a pet peeve of mine for a very long time, yes, we all have lives. We have families to raise, or aged parents to take care of, we have jobs. We can't all be consuming The Economist magazine all day or watching C-SPAN. But in general, a lot of Americans have to just ask themselves, you know, how informed of a country do we want to be? And I, I think this election has maybe shown that perhaps people are just the types of media they're consuming or where they're getting their information. You know, they have to maybe seriously think about what they're reading. And, and I'm, you know, right, left, or, or whatever, is what they're reading factual? And if it's not, should they be reading it any longer? Yeah, well, now that the, um, the the wagons have circled on them, as we know, and no matter where you want to go, if you're on Facebook, you're just all talking to your own friends. And if you're, you know, doing some of these other things, there's targeted marketing. Um, and, and that all that Google Analytics is now spread to uh, news stories. And um, it's going to be harder and harder to get out of those circles, I think, moving forward and on both well, sides. Absolutely. You know, I mean, as problem, we know, you know, we go everywhere to find news and we try to find it on from the right, from the left, we just want the truth. But as you said, that doesn't happen with everyone else. And um, once people get stuck in those circles that our modern society has gotten us in, especially with this, you know, Internet of Things and this new media that we have, it's going to be harder and harder to get out of that. And, uh, um, you know, and what it does to our democracy, um, I think, you know, is, is really yet to be told because um, the election last night is just one, 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 Example of it, and eventually, it's going to be um, you know laid laid bare um, over time. Um, so we'll see. We will see, indeed. So uh, let's do this again. Another you know a month from now for sure. Let's go do this. Maybe even before, if we want. Well, let's go in another two weeks, and uh, you know we'll talk more about what's happened between now and then. I'm sure there'll be lots of news. There's been lots since our last one, um, and. Um, We'll decide if we're going to start scaling it back and get some more some new stuff. What do you think, Karen? Let's stay on politics until we decide to change it. I look forward to it. All right. Well, keep the, uh, the uh, curtain open, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks a lot, Karen. Thank you, and thank you to the listeners. Talk to you next time, everybody. Thank you. Bye.